Welcome back to the Clue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. That was uh, like a death metal hello. I'm fired up. Come on. Woo. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glues. That's daily.com. Almighty baller. Brian, that's our rack. We did it, Mike. We won. We did it. <laughs> we won. We won the game. You know what it was, Brian? It was the Glue Guys lineup, Brian. Dude, it was, that was all glue all day. It was, was all glue, all gluey to going them. to the horse factory <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. With just a gallon of Jared Dudley brand glue. That's what we did. And a slice of D-Lo sauce. A yeah. little D-Lo sauce in there. Yeah. Brian, the Nets are back. Yeah, we did it. How about that, man? Did you stay up? Did you watch it? Uh, I did not stay up to watch it. I have to admit, I fell asleep. I'm an old, I'm, I'm a nine-month-old. I fell asleep. And wow. I'm getting tweets. I'm getting tweet woken up. I'm getting the buzz, the the biz. Are you guys up? Are you guys watching this? Are you guys looking at this? And yeah. I, I wasn't. And then I woke up at 6 a.m. to watch it on replay on, yes, Encore presentation. And, and that, people, is why you don't have kids right there. That's, that's why you don't so do you it. Miss, so you don't miss the Sacramento Kings game. <laughs> yeah. um, Not worth it. Brian, what were the keys to the game, buddy? Wow. I, I rewatched the <laughs> the game this morning, actually, and I found myself like pretty close to just as excited as when it was happening, you know? It was it, it was so such a good, like feel good situation. It's unbelievable. Especially because uh like people like Marvin Bagley and Harry Harry whatever Giles is uh were so like massively butthurt and triggered about the whole thing. It was like <laughs> perfect. It was perfect. It was so good all the way through. It was enjoyable to watch knowing the outcome, obviously, because you're you're tracking it. You know, you start at the fourth quarter where they're down by, you know, what was it? I have the number here. It was like 10478 or something like that. 10378. And you're tracking it going along and what and it's not like uh, the Nets play perfect basketball because, like, there were a few, there were probably about eight D'Angelo Russell shots that probably should not have been taken. They were just like straight up heat check shots yeah. um, that didn't go in. There were ones <clears throat> that did go in, but there were ones that didn't go in, and there were like turnovers still. It was, but what was incredible about the comeback was that the comeback had happened by the five minute mark in the fourth. Like it was a game fully that has come back. The game mm-hmm. was had came at that point. It had came back. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> pause. <laughs> pause. Uh, slice that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was. It was. You know, I, mean, I don't know where we put it in the pantheon of this season, but it's it's I, probably I'm, number one. I need to check back, but I think they played that that glue crew for the entire fourth quarter. I don't know if I can recall a single sub. So, um, there was there was not. I think that yeah, they played the entire fourth quarter, and there was it was interesting because. Karuks and Travion Graham like almost literally did nothing. Not in terms of like they did not contribute, but they they didn't show up on the the screen as much. They just was, roved for rebounds. Like it was all Rondé, Jared Dudley, and D'Angelo Russell. Oh, the Jared Dudley thing, for by the way, like I like I am of the opinion now that he's just a legitimately good defender. Like it's a crazy thing to say that Jared Dudley is like a good defender, but like he, it's, I think it's, potatoes, it's buddy. it could be like a chicken or the egg thing. Cause like he doesn't bite on fakes because I don't think he can, like he doesn't have any, <laughs> any lateral mobility that allows him to like, you know, take any extra step. It's just, he can only hold his ground and, uh, and it works a lot of the time. And there was at the end of the game where I think it was like the two minute mark. Dion Fox is going down for a fast break and Dudley is back and he tries to take a charge 
But, like, just Fox is way too fast. Like, Dudley has no shot of getting in front of him. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. You know, there's yeah. also that moment when... I forget. But he, I think he that's... ate Fox alive on one of them. Like, he tried to, like, pull some step... Like, there was a mismatch. He tried to pull some step back stuff, and, and Dudley was having none of it. He was having none of it. It was, it was good stuff. It was interesting that the ran the run began, you know, Dilo sort of doing his thing at the beginning of the fourth quarter against like a couple there was a couple of Yogi Ferrell possessions where Yogi Ferrell's guarding Dilo mm-hmm. and it just really crystallized the argument that the Nets made the absolute right decision and of course in you know keeping Spencer Dinwiddie and not <laughs> keeping Yogi Ferrell cuz like was that, that was still the... up for debate I mean No, like, no, but just for it was you. like but for it was at the time it was like Spencer Dinwiddie's never going to be more than this. <clears throat> Yogi Ferrell we at least think is going to be like a microwave player off the bench. But the reason why he's not like super valuable in the league is because he's super duper small and guys like Daniel Russell can back him down at in moments in the game and that's just like it there's a couple of times, couple of possessions where that happened and then Yogi Ferrell got pulled off the floor and then it was, you know, the Kings took that seriously too. Like, they had their their dudes in for most of that fourth quarter. It wasn't like they, you know, it wasn't like the Nets had this massive comeback against, I don't even know who's on the Kings bench. I'm not going to try to pretend. But, you know, uh, a, a, a really crappy lineup, like the B-Squad, the There's B-Squad like the, Kings. Yeah, yeah. Those were the A-Squad Kings out there against A-Squad Nets. Oh, wait. No, not even the A-Squad Nets. No, it was like. Was glue crew. Come on. Um, okay. So, Order of I mean, operations. The, the hot take, the real hot take here is oh, that. I love it. D'Angelo Russell is now pretty likely to be a transcendent player. That's that's how I feel. I mean, that, wow. that I th- I feel like he's he's on his way to being like it's it's likelier than not that he becomes like in that pantheon of transcendent players. That's how I feel because for the first time ever, I watched him in that like transcendent tiredness, like completely gassed place where all like he's just his he's having that neo like he's seeing the Matrix for the first time. And, like, uh, he's like, I can drive to the hoop. I can just drive to the hoop every time. It doesn't matter that De'Aaron, like, people who are presumably good defenders and quick, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm fine. I can just do this. And I have, like, he's, like, sort of that, have you ever been so tired that, like, you just don't have the thrust? Like, he just, like, you can tell, like, by the end of it, he's just, like, he's, like, I want to move this thing forward, but I can't as, as much as I want. But, like didn't like it was completely out of out of conscious you know he just didn't he didn't let that phase him at all it was like the first time I was like that's that's that next level kind of like playing through exhaustion thing that you need to see to know that this could be a really really good player and it's more significant that it came from Dilo. like there'll, there'll be guys across the league who will have like the one big night that that typically seems to happen against the nets it's like kelly olenic will have one big night and it'll happen against the nets and like he looks really great Dilo's doing it Every night, every night he's taking the scoring load, and his now his biggest night that he's had as a net. I mean, he's had some pretty good games this season. But this was like dragging this glue guy crew, you know, like the the end of the bench mob players out there with Jared Dudley and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, the good guys in the locker room, dragging them to victory. They of course contributed like to an insane degree, more than you could even possibly expect. But he really was the maestro. You know, he was mm-hmm. doing. He was doing everything. And as you said, what was different about this Delo game than most other ones that we've had this year is that he really was going to the hoop. He was making a lot of it at the basket, where typically he, you know, because he's so good for mid-range, he's pulling up, taking that jumper from 12 feet. He was going to the hoop, attacking the hoop, because, well, I guess they had Marvin Bagley in there, and he, there, was no, there was no rim protection at all. And he just knew that, like, I'm going to get there and I'm going to score. 
Uh, you know, there was, a, there was a moment in the game that I, I would love to ask him about where, so the Nets were down by like, I think they were down by two or something. It was maybe four minutes left or so. The momentum had really like reached, not peak Nets, but like there was, there was really like the biggest oh shit Kings moment. The first oh shit, the, the Nets are like here. We're, they may actually beat us, beat us. It was out of a timeout. The Nets were, were on defense, so the Kings had the ball. And D'Lo fouls De'Aaron Fox on the inbounds pass, and it was ostensibly would be a stupid foul because mm-hmm. you're just letting them go to the line. <clears throat> my sneaking suspicion, Brian, my tinfoil hat theory is well. that D'Lo fouled him on purpose to get more rest. I literally believe that. I well. believe because they had just gotten a timeout. Yes, timeouts are you get some rest. Getting then to the free throw line, letting them go to the free throw, free throw line gets you another minute. And then you have the ball, and then you can get to kind of control the pace at that point. I literally, I, it was too bad of a foul. It was too poor of a foul for it to not have been. I think there's some like uh, Jason Kidd spill the soda, you know, <laughs> motive there. I think there's a little Jason Kidd spill the soda motive. That's wow. all I'm saying. That's a deep. But, that's a deep take. Um, really. So Delo's the star. He's amazing. He is the best player the Nets have had you, you in know our entire run of this. What's really been exciting too is so the Waj. Like video thing about the Nets dropped at the same time. Wait, Waj? No <laughs> I'm going Waj. The, the entirety yeah. of of basketball Twitter and podcast I've ever called him Waj. I'm going Waj. Why? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, classically known as Woj. I'm going Waj. What do you want? You're going Waj. Okay. That is <laughs> the, Woj. The, the Dutch pronunciation. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um. And and also just like a cascade of of other media <laughs> um, coming out uh, in favor of D'Angelo Russell and you know like highlights from last night and stuff, and it really just pinpoints the specialness of watching a player grow organically through the phases, uh, f- like as a fan and from the point of view from a fan base. Because um, like then you see all the butthurt Lakers fans just you know posting like teary eyed Michael Jordan gifts and all that stuff. Um, and like it from there, like from anyone else's perspective, like it's like shut up. You have LeBron James, and like everything's fine for you. Like so, you're losing some games, whatever. Like you'll be fine. Um, but what they'll never get is they're they're not going to capture that that experience for a long time. They're on this on the LeBron James roller coaster where there's no organic growth for anybody, and you're just like getting hired mercenaries. And while it's cool, and like if it, it's, especially it's cool if you're winning. It's not that chill, you know, if you're not, because there's no emotional connectivity, because that's a big part of why people like sports, you know? It's like durational exposure to, you know, these personalities and stuff like that. And uh, you can just sense that the Lakers fans are like, like, ooh, I really wish we had that with D'Angelo Russell. Like, I, I feel bad about it. And it's nice to savor those tears, you know? Well, and now, of course, the next game coming up is a Friday night game, Lakers-Nets. I mean, this is like... The, the the media frothiness, if that game was on ESPN, which it's not, but if it was, the frothiness that we would be developing right now, there would be first take, like lead item would be, you know, should the Lakers trade LeBron? Uh, did the Lakers make a mistake in trading D'Angelo Russell? Like there's all these sort of mini storylines that are all melded together and they're going to come to a, a head Friday night, Lakers-Nets. And like, you know, obviously... That game, so the Kings game is super important because, what, the Nets had lost three in a row. They were, you know, obviously they're staring at this road trip and they're like, when are we going to get a win? We got blown out by Utah. The Clippers game was pretty devastating in terms of an emotional standpoint. 
you're down against the Kings by 28 at one point or whatever it is. It's the largest fourth quarter comeback for the Nets in since they moved to Brooklyn. So you're staring at all of this, all of this, and then you start thinking about the schedule again. You're thinking about the Lakers uh, game. They're going to have LeBron. LeBron is supposed to play that game as far as we know right now. Portland's a very good team, and then you have to go back all the way across the country to play the 76ers. All of this is just building up in your head. And while I still think the Nets are going to get in the playoffs, and I don't think it's going to be by just one game. Like I think they're going to be in the playoffs by a couple of wins. That one win against the Kings is more is the most important win they could have and is the reason why they will get in the playoffs because it captures back the momentum. It captures back that good vibe feeling that this team had had previously in that long winning streak they had earlier in the year and this this current sort of malaise that they're going through where they had a couple of good games in a row and then they've had some bad games in a row and then they had the devastating loss against the Clippers and you're just staring at that that road that road games and then you go home and you play the best teams in the east so there's like no no rest for the weary Brian mm. um that Kings game is why the Nets will be in the playoffs because Again, they won't get in the playoffs by just one game. I think they'll get in by a couple. But the the <laughs> momentum from it will propel them forward at least for a, a game or two. You hope. Like, so what? They play Tuesday night. They're playing then Friday. So they have some rest. They'll just stay out in California. Soak up the sun, Bri. You know, listen to a little Miley Cyrus. Get those in the earbuds. Get that vibe going. Mm. And then hopefully you walk in and you become motivative, motivative, uh, motivated for mm. this Lakers game, right? That So what I want to see is I want to see a, a bad Instagram post from Spencer Dinwiddie of, like, Magic Johnson, like a Magic Johnson meme of, like, you really traded D'Lo? Like, I want to see the players sort of rally around <laughs> this D'Lo moment, right? Like, don't you? That's, like, that's the meme. You really traded D'Lo? <laughs> that, I mean, I'm sorry. That's, that's a dad meme right there. You've been, dad you've been, meme. You've been okay. Dad this is a guy. <laughs> this is a guy who wakes up at 6 a.m. to yeah. watch a replay of a basketball game because he can't watch it at 9 at night. That's yeah. the life I'm living. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I, I want this, you know, Kenny Atkinson, I don't know about his motivational tactics. It seems like he does a pretty good job of individually moting, pl- motivating players to to achieve whatever they're trying to achieve. And when we saw that last night with Rondé, that Rondé was kept sort of motivated while being benched and DNP'd, he showed last night sort of he's not like just uh, Kenneth Fareed, right? Mm-hmm. He showed that he is still in the team <clears throat> vibe. I want Kenny Atkinson to be sending little texts to all of his players saying, do you remember what the Lakers did to D'Lo? They cast him aside and wow. said he's not a leader. Let's build this up because this Lakers game is huge. Because, again, they played the Trailblazers, 76ers, Celtics, Bucks, Raptors, Bucks, Pacers, Heat. Those, all those games are pretty tough to extremely tough. This Lakers game is the worst team. that This Lakers team is the worst team they will play for the rest of the year. This is crucial. Mm. I want. I just want. Give me a little, little finger action. Game of Thrones coming up soon. A little yeah. reference there for you. Big fan. Um, um, I'm excited, Brian. Do you want me to play devil's advocate really quick? No. Yes. Satanic advocate. Um, this is uh, so okay. <clears throat> How important do you think getting into the playoffs is for their free agency aspirations? Like. Like macroeconomics, brass tacks, 10,000 mile view. 
Let's say, and Lakers I'm not or Nets? I'm, for the Nets. I'm not. I'm not rooting for this to happen, obviously. But in a world where they miss the playoffs, in a world, <laughs> does does missing the playoffs and getting it potentially a pretty good first round pick to to not great first round pick, um, is that in any way impeding our chances of getting those free agents at the same time? Because like, if you can do both of those, obviously that's tight. And if you're just gonna get steamrolled by Milwaukee in the first round or whatever, like. Does that move the needle in a in a big way towards getting those free agents that you want? Um, big questions. I, I know. I, I know. Uh, without effect, getting into the playoffs helps you get free agents because not being in the playoffs, your draft pick wouldn't be that any different. It would be three spots different at the most, right? I mean, there's a a one percent chance it's the first overall pick or whatever it would be. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm feeling lucky, man. Come on, we, we just won by come yeah. down twenty eight or whatever, dude. That would actually be some freaking justice for this team. I mean, That's I know the Nets dug their own grave. Everyone's fine. It's not like with, with the kind of luck and good vibes around this team. That's the kind of dice roll I'm willing to roll. You you want to you want to <laughs> no, continue not, not the like good on vibes purpose, bet, but I'm saying like I, I like our chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I hear you. That's how good the vibes are. Um, no, it helps being in the playoffs. It, I, yeah, you don't want to play Milwaukee and lose four zero because no one's going to remember a four zero sweep. You know, three months or you know two yeah. months from now, no one's actually. It is three months uh, for free agency wise, basically. But no one, yeah, no one's going to remember that. But. Um, you want to be in the playoffs. You you want to show that you you can compete because you actually don't know if you don't play the Bucks, if you play the Raptors, Sixers, Celtics, whoever it may be, the Pacers, um, you have a chance. I don't think you have a chance against the Bucks. You have a chance against all those other teams. If you push them to seven, that shows something. If you if something happens to Kawhi Leonard in that series, that series is totally different. And there's hear, a shot. Hear, uh, um, Kyle Lowry's ankles hurting him these days too. Not that I'm he's just, good anymore. You want to be in the playoffs. You do. Like, it, it right. doesn't hurt you to make the playoffs. It doesn't, if you don't make the playoffs, so it doesn't end your free agent pursuits. You still have good vibes and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, it doesn't, you want to make the playoffs. You do. You want right. to be there. I mean, I agree. I'm just playing satanic advocate. You understand. Satanic advocate. I love it. New segment. Um, uh, real quick, we got to talk about Ronde. Super duper fast. Yeah, we this is a pretty super special game for a guy that you know we we hadn't thought we'd really ever see a big moment from for the rest of the season. To be honest, like I didn't really expect a Rondé Hollis Jefferson game, and this was the definitive Rondé Hollis Jefferson game. When they make a coffee table book of Rondé Hollis Jefferson's yeah. career, this is the cover. His sort of backwards, back to the defender layup, diving underneath the basket as he rolls it in for the game winner. That is the cover of his coffee table Here, book, Brian. Here's what Rondé needs to do. Like, I feel I feel really sympathetic to anybody that's, like, coaching Rondé Hellas-Jefferson because he seems so great. Like, such a, like, a, a perfect personality that you want to give lots of minutes to. But, like, what Rondé needs to do is shear off huge swaths of what he is trying to do in a basketball game. Like, if he just, like, stopped doing five of the things that he tries to do <laughs> like if you if you, at any point you're doing a spin move like stop just don't do that like there's there's no there's no more spinning for Rondé Hollis Jefferson that's not a sustainable model for his like long-term success you know he just needs to shear off the edges for a few things to be a like wildly productive utility player well and, and it's yeah. and, and it's funny because like we had talked about for years we've been like is he a three is he a four and in this game he was a five he played the center spot, and he was pretty effective. I mean, obviously, he wasn't really protecting the rim, but he was doing he was doing like small man center things, which is like 
be annoying, diving for loose balls, pushing for rebounds, doing everything he can to push off the other big man so someone else on his team could get the rebound. Um, it was beautiful. It was like, you know, so at the end of the game, every time the Nets like base have a good game or whatever, they do the water dump on the guy, you know, in the post-game talk mm-hmm. uh, on Yes Network. And it was the largest celebration, obviously, for the water dump that had been all season. And D'Lo cursed openly on Yes's broadcast five times, saying the F word five times, which you got to love. Loved F-bombs. Um, but, it, like... I feel like so the world has moved past the F-bomb. Do people care about it? I think it's only, like... I'm going to give it ten care. more years before actual broadcasters on Yes are dropping F-bombs. Dude, people care. People... Do you know how many FCC complaints the Super Bowl got because of Adam Levine's nipples, Brian? Really? He went, he went bare-chested. People care. Maybe not our audience. I mean, I care, I care about that just because it's like... Just that's that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's more bad. That's taste. embarrassing. It's just too cringy. Like that's a cringe overload. Yeah. It's not offensive. Yeah, that was a weird look. It was a weird because <laughs> he's isolated on the stage in this gigantic stadium, and he's just like the thing is taking off the shirt mid performance too is it's I don't know what that is doing. If you come out shirtless, I don't know. There's something to that, right? Because it's like then it's all right, what's next? Are your pants going off? I mean, is this a full strip tease? What's happening here? Anyways, we're getting derailed. Um. It, I mean, it was – it's special. It's a reinforcing thing for the entire coaching staff and the players that, like, a guy like Rondé has this game that wins the game. I mean, his, his like, plus minus, I think, is, like, plus 26, which is awesome to see. Uh, Levert's is negative 27. Um, you know, it's, like, you need – you need guys like Rondé Hollis Jefferson to step off the bench to win a game like this. You're not just going to have your starters who stunk for most of the game. I mean, that – that was the thing also about the game was that the Kings were f- pretty firmly the better team throughout three quarters. And and then just it went bonkers. It went absolutely bonkers. It, it was so freaking exciting. D'Lo, that, that's, a, that's also a thing about D'Lo is that he's just like a super fun player to watch. The That he's either bombing threes or trying to get to the hoop. And it's not in the James Harden, I want to get fouled way. It's like no. his production is all in the flow of the game. He doesn't shoot free throws. So it's like. Everything he scores, you see it. It's all there. It's all yeah. on the floor. It's not just like him standing by the free throw line and there's like a you know like a grocery store ad underneath as he's shooting a, a free throw. It's yeah, there it's in weird because it's it's he's like slow moving but super purposeful, right? It doesn't see. It's not like <clears throat> he doesn't do that, or at least not a ton of what a lot of modern you know dribble heavy guards will do, which is like to sort of like lateral movement out at the top of the three point line for a long time. He doesn't pound the air out of the ball before he does what he's doing. It's like he's pretty like assertive in a way that doesn't take a lot of time and it's pretty fun to watch. Well, and I don't even, I think this is a compliment, but like, so women's tennis in person is way more watchable than men's tennis because you can, it's, it is a, it's a slow, they don't hit the ball as hard. And most of the time men's tennis, you just have guys who just like, all they do is serve and they just hit aces. And that's like the most boring thing where women's tennis, you have more of a back and forth. There's like, his game is like a women's tennis player. He's like Serena Williams out there. He's he's working it. You know, you can see the back and forth with him and the defender. You can see him getting to his spots. You know where he's going pretty much. Like, you know where he's trying to aim to get to. He's just trying to get to, like, right off the free throw line. What is? How is he going to get there? What? And then he gets to that spot. <clears throat> what a progressive compliment, Mike. That was really Thanks, for, for the male feminists of 2019. We're trying out here. Um, so, buddy. Um, hey. Big Nets game, huh? What a game. What a game. Jared Dudley, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, 
D'Angelo Russell, Rodan's Karuks, and Travion Graham, the glue guy lineup, the people we've been riding and dying with all season. That's who won this game. This Travion game Graham was truly just a, a beneath the, a stitch in the fiber. Like you did not see him, but somehow it was <laughs> <laughs> it was making it work. You know, I, I had to look up again. I had to look up who was on the floor because I didn't remember Karuks and Graham. All that much they yeah. did not do, but but they were doing the thing. They were yeah. part of it. They, they just, were obviously they just sat on Marvin um, Bagley's chest. That's all they did. Um, all right, so we've got a big game Friday night against the uh, Lakers. Um, Mike and Monday I will be against... potting directly afterwards. It'll be about two a.m. So Mike, you'll <laughs> you're good with that, right? Yeah, we may actually need to. That would be fun because um, then I'm flying to go somewhere next oh, week. Really? What the hell? Low-key. Oh. Well, you're not telling um, me what's going on. No, I'll tell you later. Uh, low-key. Low-key. Low-key, bro. Don't or, worry about it. Is it, like, somewhere embarrassing? Where are you going? No. No, it's Florida. Yeah, it is embarrassing. So it is embarrassing. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Busted. I didn't want to say it. Um, Boca Raton, or what's going on? I, I will say thank you for everyone who tweeted us to to notify me that Bill Simmons is trying to steal our podcast name. It's fine. He can have it. Um, we'll think of something better, and then he'll try to steal that. You know, <laughs> that's, be honest, the, that's the difference. We got the ingenuity on our side. I, I hope he does. So, like, if you don't know to catch up to speed, and I post it on a Twitter account, Ryan Rosillo is on Bill Simmons' podcast every Monday or something like that, and they do they talk about the NBA, and they've been doing a segment where they're trying to figure out what to name their show. And in it, Bill Simmons randomly says, "You know what name I really like? The Glue Guys." And obviously, this lit up our Twitter. And what I am hoping is that he does name his podcast with Ryan Russillo, the glue guys, so that, it, I mean, our, our downloads would probably increase significantly for all the people looking for Celtics talk. And they're going to get, <laughs> they're wow. going to get Nets talk. Wow. Um, you um, really, you're all about that SEO. I know. I know uh, wouldn't that be a I mean, we would get some runoff. We sure. Would get, yeah. I mean, it's like also the fifth like show named the glue guys. Like it's not, it's not super clever at this point, you know? No, and and we've I've tried to get the um, I've tried to get just the glue guys on Twitter as our at Twitter handle. We're at BK Glue Guys. The glue guys are is controlled currently by a, a glue company in Tampa. Mm. Like, is that is that where you're like, going down to Florida? You're going to go confront them? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to pull a scene out of like uh, Godfather Part Two. I'm going to be yeah. Ivan Roth. We're going to have some cake. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't know there were independent glue companies, but I guess there are, man. It's indie glue is really big these days in Florida, so yeah, small I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna head up to uh, Ebor City, Ibor City, for all my Tampa heads out there, and uh, confront them. And I'm gonna try to get that Twitter handle. Um, so, but yes, thank you for everyone who was telling us that our our name's about to get stolen. I appreciate that. Thank you for protecting us um, as glue men and glue nation, as you all are. Mm, all right, let's get out of here, Mike. Take us out. Thank you so much for listening. The Nets are back. Netsail.com. At BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Let's go, Nets! Good night, everybody. Yeah, boy!